heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. In many, many ways, Western civilization has become its own enemy. Western values, the way we conduct ourselves, uh, and our open policies. And we all see what's happening in the world. I, I say we all, probably not we all, but a good many people see what's happening. One of the things I cherish about uh, American values, as you already know out there, is our diverse opinions, our diverse thoughts. Uh, and I love bringing those voices to the table. Now, within those conversations, there are people that have another agenda. There are people that subscribe to hate, that subscribe to uh, just a, a whole different doctrine that don't necessarily fit into uh, ladies and gentlemen conversation. Maybe that's the way to say it, friends, if that makes sense, okay? Uh, but I, I think the overarching thing, and another point I want to make with you out of the gates, is, you know, you think about these congressmen like Ilhan, uh, Congress uh, people, I, I should say, like Ilhan Oman and Rashida Tlaib and others. Uh, and, you know, in many ways, we've seen how it's like letting the enemy into uh, our treasured uh the process here our government when you see how they conduct themselves and the fact that uh, they take these comments like uh, from the river to the sea is a perfect example uh which is the uh, extermination of the state of israel without a doubt um, and you see how that is and the way that's put in the context and yet these people are on our payroll we the people pay their salaries and yet they hold such vile disgusting viewpoints or so some of us would think but there are a lot of people out there who don't think that way friends and so where's the fine line of all of this i wonder and i question consistently where's where's the idea that we have an open format here an open forum an open democracy open conversation where we celebrate free speech and and free press and free religion and free and our open values and Where's the fine line of that and accepting this this hate and this Marxism and this globalist and this this uh, really we can all sense this uh, this takeover. Many of us believe that's happened in our lives. I mean, I don't know too many people right now who think that things are doing magnificent uh, in, in the neighborhood here. I don't I don't sense that very much at all, friends. Uh, let's have a bigger conversation today about this diversity of thought, uh, speech, uh, religion, our values, Western values, uh, si uh, our Western civilization, I should say, even, you know, and uh, and the world at large. And where do we draw that fine line exactly? Welcome in here to the voice of a nation that is indeed Malcolm out loud here and uh, a privilege to be with you always, friends. And Listen, we get a lot of emails in here as well, and we love it. We love to have that open communication and correspondence with our listeners very much. And I don't always subscribe to, I, I don't ever want to subscribe to thinking that your opinion doesn't matter, because it does. And But we're not always going to always think alike, and nor should we. Uh, but it's where's the fine line on these arguments? And I want to talk about that. I have a 
a very interesting listener email I want to bring out today uh, because it's very critical of me uh, in my policies of uh, talking about foreign policy in the case of Israel in the Middle East. Uh, and, uh, but I just think it's in good context to have a real conversation. I'm going to read you that directly as well today. And we'll discuss that a little bit and see how that fits into uh, what you think out there, the narrative, if we overplay our hands or not. Where's the fine line of what's acceptable and what's not? And it's it's, it's real tricky to ascertain what that fine line is, friends, here. Uh, and so that's that's part of the conversation I think we, we should talk about here. And uh, now we've been having extensive coverage on what's been happening in the Middle East because I'm very passionate about it. It's been something that's been building for a long time. And this was like the dam breaking open on October 7th. There's a lot of pushback, of course, that Israel has gone too far with what's happening in Gaza is part of that conversation as well. We'll That'll be weaved into part of the talk here today. Uh, but there are those who believe that. And then the support for uh, the Palestinians, of course, uh, which part and parcel is confused with the Hamas terrorists. Uh, and where they sit in this fight and where the Palestinian people fit. Uh, and you remember, these are sons, uh, these are brothers, fathers, uncles, in most cases, uh, that are the Palestinian people that become the Hamas fighters. So it's very difficult to separate those two camps, frankly. Uh, when people say that, well, they're just innocent, they're just, well, they voted the government in. I know it's probably gotten out of hand. Well, not probably. It has definitely gotten out of hand at this point. And I, you know, maybe they don't see that. Maybe they, when I say probably, they may not see that, all of them. That comes back to what some of us would say is an indoctrination system, friends, uh, where these kids were beat into their brains at early ages. I mean, they do math to teach math, you know. Uh, if, you know, if you have five Jews and you kill four, how many Jews do you have left? I mean, what the hell? Is that a humane way to teach young, grown brains of a civilized world? And then people want to argue back with me and say, well, but, you know, they may be going too far, Israel, and what they're doing. Well, I, how far is too far when you're, you know, trying to kill the enemy, I guess? I, it's, a, it's a hell of a question. I don't support uh, killing. I Listen, I, it's not my first line of thinking never to kill anybody, frankly. But when the enemy is engaged in the way they were on October 7th, when you see the kinds of things that were done, it should give us all some food for thought, friends, as to what's around the corner. And are we all at risk? Uh, and it's a bigger, wider conversation we have and we need to have here. So let's let's think about this freedom of speech and freedom of expression and how we're seeing how, and actually, here's a great thought. It's actually a conclusive thought. But let me let me say this. What do we do when our very freedoms and our values are being absolutely subverted and weaponized by, well, I mean, enemies, adversaries, uh, people who think differently for sure, and uh, they're out to destroy and really change our society? And we've seen that building now here with the with the uh, you know the breaking of all the statues and the history and the history books and the indoctrination here. It's a slow creep. It's a drip, 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 drip here. It's been happening for decades. It's just out more in the light of day today, friends. You know, 
if we don't realize that this paradigm shift is is occurring, it could potentially be the end of what we know is our life that we value here in Western civilization. And there are some people who just don't see that. I, I don't know. They have blinders on. They subscribe to a different way of thinking. Potentially they do. I mean, I think it's very clear. It's black and white to me of what's happening, what's taking place here. So, so I, I think, you know, the, and, and again, this wokeism, the cancel culture, that all playing into this thing. And when you stand up for American values and you stand up for diversity and you stand up for things that we love about our country or you stand up for even a balanced budget, for heaven's sakes, or anything of that magnitude, you stand for the flag, you become a radical extremist or a white supremacist or, a, you know, some vile name or a MAGA or something like that. I mean, that's what they're doing now. You know, and a lot of people in the middle of the aisle can't see that still. Um, or quasi-Democrats just to the left of the aisle can't see that still. Or they subscribe differently. Why is that, friends? Why can't they see what's so clear and obvious to many of us? I mean, are, are we are we looking at it in a in a a harsh way, an evil way of some sort that you know that we're overlooking something? Or are we on the right side of this thing? Are we on the right side of history? I think those are the questions I ask, you know, and, and trying to be fair. But listen, you know, when they're using our freedoms and they're using our values and our cultural norms that we define against us and they they hijack all of that and then they do harm to us, isn't that a problem? That's what's happening right now. Uh, to the uh, city on a shining hill, friends. And I don't know how anybody can argue that point. We see it everywhere in society. We see it everywhere in our, within our, certainly in, in Western civilization, it's all over Europe, I mean, and they're far long gone, just like Canada. Canada's another, I mean, if these are experiments, <laughs> you can count, count me out as part of we the people. I don't celebrate to follow Canada or uh, Europe down that yellow brick road. But that seems to be what's happening. I mean, those cultures are, are farther uh, down the road and losing their, uh, their, their value, their principles, their existence, their lifestyle in and, and ways that I don't even think they realize it. In fact, that's the frog in the pot story. They're still stuck in the pot and they don't even know where the hell the freaking temperature is. You know? I mean, there's all of that as well. So... You know, and then with Canada, they're right here on our doorstep. You know, I was thinking the other day, in fact, I've, I've actually thought about this a lot. Uh, you know, uh, all right, take this for what it's worth, but it's it's very accurate, I think. While everybody is up in arms about the southern border, and rightfully so, I mean, rightfully so, as that all is pretty pretty clear in our face what's happening here, the transformation in a bad way of our nation in ways that we did not ask for. But considering that, the problem nobody ever talks about, and I surely do, I've brought it up with you multiples of times, the northern border. Now, Canada is not a good experiment for uh, for freedom these days. We see what happened with the truckers and Trudeau and all of that happened, but it's far more than that. And, the, and there's a lot of, uh, I mean, they're way down the road of... Uh, Hostile forces, we'll say. Let's just keep it simple at this point. 
of, of uh, pulling Canada down into a new world order. And when you see, it's very easy to fly into Canada and do harm or, or to get in there is what I'm saying. They're just not so much a threat to society right now that America is. I mean, you think Canada is sort of vanilla. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to insult my Canadian friends. Believe me, I'm not. But it is sort of vanilla in the scope of things. It's not like you're out on the street and you talk about America. I mean, you don't get the same violent hatred out there when you're talking to people out in the Middle East or out in areas of uh, in the world where you say, well, United States of America, and you can see the hate come off. You see the steam blow out of their heads versus, you know, Canada. I mean, okay, Canada, sort of vanilla. You know, maybe maple walnut, I don't know. But it certainly isn't any more than that, friends, you know? It just doesn't seem like a threat. So it's easy to get in there and do whatever you're going to do. And and then the northern border is right there. I, I think that's really uh, setting us up for a, a tough time ahead, frankly. Uh, I think people are coming over that border more. We may find that that becomes the big, I mean, you, you can think what you want. You can chuckle or ignore what I'm saying, but that could end up being a bigger problem to us because it is not obvious. No one is paying attention to it. And we've seen reports of this. We have absolutely seen reports in, in daylight. These people have come right over into the through the Great Lakes and right into some walked right right on shore into some of the museums and some of the other areas. Uh, you know, uh, Virgis Project has had a, a, a litany of those, and other groups have done it as well to show the dangers of the northern border over years now, over time. But I've seen them. But looking very closely at that, nobody's talking about the northern border. And it is, um, I think it's a serious problem. And it may bite us in the ass in a big way while we're all looking to the south with all these migrants coming over that are incorporated with uh, hostile forces from areas of the world and adversary and enemies and places of, of uh, nationals and foreign nationals that Countries that some people can't even pronounce the names of the countries, for God's sakes. They're coming from all areas of the world. I mean, and so that's a whole other story, but you get the point of what I'm talking about. And then we run around talking about our values here. And, you know, the fact that uh, people are trying to, uh, trying to do us harm and using our systems and our freedoms and our constitution against us. How do we stop that? How do we, where is that line fall? How do we recognize those dangers? How do we push back against that? I mean, those are big questions. I don't know if there's any way. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you think about where we are right now. And in, in, uh, let me, let me, I'm going to bring on now with us uh, part of my team here, Wally Garneau joins me. And Wally, I want to ask you right now, but look at it where we sit right now. I mean, not to be a smart guy, but, you know, if we're going to, I mean, let's think about this. Can we have it, but all right, can we have it both ways, number one? Can we have our cake and eat it too? So what that means is, can we have this thing of these freedoms and what have you and stop the enemy or our adversaries that from subverting these things to do us harm. I don't know where that fine line is. Do you have any idea where that fine line is? How we push back on that? 
Yeah, I think I do. And I think you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier and you used the word diversity. Uh, the word I really like is inclusiveness or inclusion. And I like that word because I think that if you have an inclusive society or an inclusive uh, workplace, that the inclusion will lead to diversity. So you don't really have to take, you don't really have to worry so much about the diversity so much as inclusiveness. And if you're inclusive, you'll have diversity. Uh, but there's another word that I think is also important. We talk about whether it's a workplace or a country. And that word is uh, is compatibility. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is we bring people into our country and say, this is great, you're now an American. Enjoy it and enjoy everything that comes with that. You know, we have to make sure that they're adopting our values, that they are subscribing to our way of life. Now, that doesn't mean watching baseball and eating apple pie. That means respecting our traditions, respecting our freedoms, respecting our rights, and in living in such a way that is compatible with us. Okay. So I think when we start looking at it through the dual lenses of inclusion and compatibility, we could look at Islam as one example. And we could say, you know, if you want to take Islam and you want to view Sharia law as a personal code of conduct, mm -hmm. and you want to view jihad as a personal struggle to live by that personal code of conduct, then that's great. Welcome to America. Here's a job. Have a great time. But somebody else who might want to come into our country that wants to look at it and say, boy, this is a free country and it's great because I can say whatever I want while telling everybody who disagrees with me to shut the F up. No, that's problematic. And when we see different groups that want to destroy America and want to destroy American values and want to make this a very, very different place, a place that the vast majority of Americans have no interest in, we can see that. And we can allow them to speak, but we don't have to show so much tolerance for what they say. They don't tolerate what we say. When somebody says death to America in our own country, why do we tolerate what they say? Well, let's let's talk about it. You, you use the word compatibility there. Now, take take the couple of congresswomen I talked about and, and a whole bunch more, actually. I mean, are their values compatible with our Constitution, with our values here in America? They're not. Right. Well, they is a complicated word because it lists. But people I just said, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. No, they're not. They're not. Well, that's they, what I'm talking openly, about. Yeah. They openly hate America. They actually swore to to uphold the Constitution. So where's the fine line then? Now, hold, let's slow it down here. Where's the? So how do these two? They they get elected, uh, and you know Michigan. I mean, you know Michigan pretty well, right? I know the area she uh, was elected in too. Yes, I know Michigan very well. All right. So uh, so we know how. So uh, uh, I'm saying, you know, how in an abstract way, like, uh, you know, so they get in there, their constituency vote them in They're, You know, this is how groups form and they get together and they empower themselves to do whatever. That's representative of an area that represents her people that represent her. They voted her in fair and square. Is that correct? Right. Is that how That's they get correct. It? Right. That's correct. So then what do we do? Throw throw. How do we get? I mean, they're a cancer into our system in that particular case. Or are we that diverse that we want people that have that exact opposing view and want your point of death to America? That's real, Wallace. That's real. Well, that's real, yeah. I think with, with Ilian Omar, and I like to say Iliad, I know that's not the correct pronunciation, but Ilian sounds so much more like idiot than, than Ilham does. <laughs> uh, so I like to call her Ilian Omar, just because it rolls off the tongue like that. Uh, but I think looking at her and Rashid Tlaib as, as examples, they have the freedom of speech and they can say whatever they want, but they have also taken an oath of office. And I don't know why the hell we have never impeached somebody and removed them from office for violating their oath. 
Now, where I come from, United States Marine Corps, when you give an oath, that is sacred. You're putting your sacred honor on the line. When somebody gives an oath of office right, and then right. says that they're not going, and then inherently does not follow. You're it. talking about the oath to the Constitution, the United States exactly. Constitution. Correct. Exactly. Right, right. right. When somebody well, takes why isn't anybody called them out? Why didn't Republicans call them out? Why? I'm calling about right now. Why other Republicans don't is probably because we have never impeached somebody for that violation. But I don't know why we don't. We can impeach somebody for that. Why can't you impeach somebody for uh, for violating their oath of office, for violating an oath that is supposed to be a sacred oath that they have put above their lives? No, when you take an oath of office, you know, you put your hand on the Bible. What you're essentially saying is, I am damned if I do not uphold well. this. Well, let's stop there. She doesn't put her hand on the Bible. She puts yeah, her she hand the on the Quran. That is correct. Which allows you to lie if you read it. Allows well, you to lie. I rest my cause. case. There you go. There you go. So how is that compatible? Right? Well, that doesn't mean we have to keep her in office. She gave the oath. She doesn't have any intention of keeping it, and she should be removed. If the voters won't do it, Congress should. But but Congress doesn't ever. So look at well. Now you're well. asking me. Now you're asking me how we get Congress to fix our government when Congress is the problem in the first place. And that's, yeah, that's you know, right. Congress is not going to fix this. We've had this conversation before that the true yeah. solutions are going to probably have to start at the state level. Right, which we're already talking a lot about, and we get that. But this problem we're talking about now, coming to our uh, our values as Americans, as Western civilization, they're being undermined from folks like this. And Well, we're and also just- seeing... We're also seeing at the state level things like uh, things like Governor DeSantis removing funding from schools, or at least threatening to remove state funding from schools that allow anti-Semitic activity. Now, yep, freedom yeah. of speech, of course, but when you start openly calling for action against Jewish people, which a lot of these people are doing, yeah. you know, when people are on campus chanting, as you said, from the river to the sea, well, they're yeah. talking about exterminating the Israeli people. That's an uh, inciting violence, and that's illegal. DeSantis is a good example. Let's let's let me stay there just a moment here. That, he is a good example. The reason Governor DeSantis uh, is a repres- as a governor uh, and representing our constitution in our country, friends, looking at all the states, is a very good example because. He continues to defend that constitution at every turn. He continues to, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's uncomfortable, he's a governor that's not afraid to push back, even against huge corporations and people that uh, come uh, feel like they're very powerful. And, and they are, but he pushes back against that and he calls it out as you just stated, Wally, and he'll throw them, he'll say, no, we're not doing that. And he's done it. There are so many examples of how he has done that. But he appears to be the exception, not the rule, when it comes to governors in our country. And we've, as we've stated in prior times, if we could just get all the Republican governors to come together, we'd have the majority of governors in the country to push back on the feds. We get that. But why why can't we, you know, even on the Republican level, Wally, back to Ron DeSantis, I mean, all these other Republican governors in red states, they don't do what DeSantis does, do they? No, they don't. But keep in mind that all rules start as exceptions, but then they get copied. We need people to copy Ron DeSantis. And that means we need Republicans in other states to write their congressmen, to write their governors and say, look, this guy's doing it right. Why aren't you? He's not afraid. He's not afraid uh, to to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to step into it, you know? Well, you have to ask yourself what is truly important to you. And if what is truly important to you is is your country, 
and and in American values and Western society and all of the things that our country was founded on and is, is struggled throughout its existence to try to better made to be, better meet. Now, if that's what's important to you, then you have to be willing to take some of the slings and arrows because they're going to get thrown at you. Uh, if, but if you back down, if we all back down, this country is done. So you know, either we stand up for it or we don't. It's up to us. Yeah, we, we really are. And I, I, the, with the way you put it out there and just describe it right there, uh, I, I think we can all agree with what uh, with what Wally puts out there. It's very, very important. And uh, it's something we need to uh, have acceptance with who we are as a people and not be afraid to push back. Um, now, what I want to do here is, um, well, let, let me take just a moment here now before we move forward to the broadcast, because in moments here, I want to read this uh this email from a listener that was very critical of me and uh yeah which is fine i i see i don't have a problem i really don't have any problem with that i i i love diversity of thought and opinion I, in fact i would even have him on the in a conversation on a broadcast frankly but i'm going to read his email in moments to you and i, and I want to sort of dissect this a little bit uh and bounce it uh, uh, off of Wally as well and see what he might have to add to it because it kind of puts a uh, juxtaposition on some of the argument uh, that we're talking about right now, you know, and uh, will we sit? Um, it, it is a very fine line, uh, and I wish I could, I, I'm hoping to define it more in the next part of the conversation, actually, where that fine line is. Wally brought what up a good word, compatibility. Uh, and, uh, you know, are they compatible with our with who we are as a people with our constitution with our way of life friends are they compatible with we the people i mean we the people that is a strong brand and i i mean i think we the people is is a um uh, the collective as it is and where this country was founded i mean it's powerful it's strong it is a brand onto itself that is america but the the subversion of that is happening, and it is it is a it is a slow drip 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 drip. The enemies and the adversaries, my fellow Americans, are using our system, our way of life, against us. And I see it every day. I see it all the time, and it makes you sick. And then you think to yourself, well. But frankly, in a lot of cases, they're playing by our rules of freedom of speech, freedom to be an, a jackass, you know, freedom to do whatever you want to do, worship whatever religion you want, even if it's, you know, a religion that wants to kill us, that wants to have death to America. It's pretty sick, people. It's pretty sick. I mean, that is one. It doesn't say in the Constitution, freedom of religion, except death to America and people who want to kill you. It doesn't say that, you see? So, I mean, I guess they have the right to think or act out now. Kind of puts us in a flawed situation, maybe. Maybe think about that a moment, and I'll we'll bounce that around in moments as well. Maybe that's the crux of this. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't push against that form. Of, and that's, that's, that's high on the conversation in the national water cooler right now with the protest and the outright riots that are happening uh, in support of the Palestinian people, but really in support of the Hamas terrorists. That's really what we're talking about. They're one and the same. We can argue that point, and we will, I, I promise you. You see what happened yesterday, by the way, uh, back at the DNC? Did you see any of that by chance in the news feed? Oh, my golly. 
they had a protest out there at the DNC, which turned into a riot, which turned into a really an ugly scene. Uh, police officers injured, pushing back, big brawl fight, a mess. People, I mean, just really a slam bank a train wreck of a whole deal. Right at the DNC, these people, these whatever you want to call them, protesters, whatever, a little more than that, I think, because it's not. And they tried to say it was a peaceful protest after they were beating the hell out of the cops and everything else. They were trying to get in the DNC, by the way, uh, to what? Because they wanted those people to hear them. What they wanted to do, do harm to them or something? I mean, that's the way they certainly showed the police force on the outside. And um, yet uh, you you put that on one side and then you look at uh, what happened with the 300,000 people in support of uh, freedom and support of the state of Israel in Washington, D.C., friends, this week. And it is a stark, striking difference that sets the tones of these two camps in ways that I don't really have to say anything if I can just show you the visuals of that. So one side, you know, that that's the hostilities that they, and they always call it peaceful. They always lie like hell to you. Nothing's peaceful about anything to do. Any more peaceful than the Black Lives Matter was or the Antifa folks or any of that stuff that the Democrat politicians got on here. Oh, it's just peaceful protest. Don't worry about it. They burnt down a few neighborhoods. They destroyed some things, hurt some people, but it was pretty peaceful for the most part, not to worry. Well, the hell these people go to school, I wonder. They ought to look up the word peaceful and see if they can define that somehow. I don't know, man. But there was nothing peaceful about any of that stuff over the last many time, times we've had these... Um, horrific moments in our country that we're trying to define because something sets us off like George Floyd or something's taken out of context. And right away, the enemy subverts all that. They take all this, they jump on it. And they use that, they use, that's perfect examples of how they use this all against us, you see, in a lot of ways. So anyways, listen, I want to just also take a pause. You know, I, I just recognize, and I'm sure you are as well out there that, well, I got news for you. We're coming right into the holidays here now. And I just recognize that, um, you know what? We, we can't let our guard down for sure, but it is a time we need to be blessed and give thanks and as a people. And I know it's hard to do that when it feels like everything is falling apart, friends. But we're going to try to interject some of this. In fact, I got an email in from Alveda King uh, just this morning. I'm, I'm going to have her on a broadcast here the next many days. I, gotta, I always got to, when I, you know, there are times when we need the voice and the the, the wisdom and uh, the presence of uh, in Alveda King. And this this is one of those times I said to myself, I said, "Self, I got to get Alveda on. I just need some Alveda at this point, man." Um, and so I, I got to have her on the broadcast here, and um, uh, because um, you know she just brings that calm to the conversation, reminds us of the blessings of life and the good that we need to get out of this. And I know it's hard for a lot of us that swim in this stuff every day. It gets pretty nasty, friends. It's like a cesspool of garbage. It gets hard to be positive and come on here. There are days, frankly, I want to turn on the mic and I just, you know, want to talk about a simpler conversation. I don't want to keep talking about that stuff all the time. It, it gets, you know, it gets tough, gets nauseating. But anyways, you get my point. But this, coming into the holidays, I want to, and I'll be doing this in the days ahead, but wish you and your family and your loved ones and friends and associates just um, a time to be blessed and be resourceful and, and uh, 
just step back a little bit, just step back and just take a look at where we're at. Let's all try to do that as we, the people, um, as, uh, as we can and, uh, be blessed and, and really, and I love this time of year, by the way, in November, December, the reason I love it, and I just always have, I always have, because I know that a new year is coming up and I know God willing, I get another opportunity to do it all over again. I always look at this time of year as a time of reinvention. It's a time to reinvent ourselves. It's a time to move the ball forward. And I always look at that. I, I really do. I always have all my life. I look at the end of the year, it, 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 you know, November, December, and I want to be really refreshed and recharged. And I want to have new ideas and I want to be re, and I want to re-innovate. And I want to come into January like a firestorm, you know, like bang, here I am, world, whole new world, whole new world of opportunities. Now, friends, that's America right there, right? Best innovators, best visionaries, amazing people. But think about it in terms of that as you collect your thoughts at the end of the year here. Think about what you'd like to do when you grow up, like I do. I think about that. What are you going to do when you grow up, Malcolm? Same story, same story. And then you come into a new year and you become who you want to be. And don't be afraid. You know, at some point, we're not going to be here. We're going to be just energy that has gone on to the dust of dust in the wind. And, uh, you know, as, as a kind of a bleep or a moment of history, you know, we were here. We Did we make our mark? You know, really. It, it, so let's make our mark coming into a new year. I'll talk to you a lot more about this ahead and give you a lift along the way, because I love talking about this stuff. I absolutely love it. I mean, that's something I really do need to do. Get, look back in my library of ideas and give you some tips and some ideas on how to do that in your own life would be a beautiful thing. Beats coming up uh, on here every day talking Harry Carey, I think. You have to agree with that, friends. So anyway, so it's all back at AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, please take a look there and help us share the out loud truth. And again, the out loud truth means it's diversity of opinion. It doesn't mean it's my opinion. Let me be clear with all of you. We publish a lot of things I don't agree with, to be sure. I don't sit there to, you know, overanalyze every piece that's put out there. That is not at all what's done. There's an awful lot I simply do not agree with. But if we censored all of that stuff, well, my friends, we would be no better than the Marxist left. So a lot of you that write in sort of slam, well, I don't like what such and such did, or I don't like their opinion, or I, why did that, you know, they, you do that. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, don't take it personally, kids. Don't take it so personally. Open your minds to the fact that we're all going to have ideas and thoughts and opinions. That's what the country is. That's what our freedoms provide. But a lot of you don't want to be accepting to that. You want it your way or the highway. I think this is a real problem. I, it's not very American when you all keep pushing only your way and you don't want to open your mind up to the rest of the conversation. That fits right into our talk today here, uh, you have to admit. So we'll take a pause. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at America Out Liberty at America Out
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back in to the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here and a privilege always to be with you, my fellow Americans. And of course, all of our beautiful friends around the world here. I love people, by the way. I love all kinds of people and all interest in diverse opinions and thoughts. Just not really fond of the haters and uh, the people who want to uh, subvert our way of living and our way of life right underneath our noses and we don't know what's happening. And I think you would stand with me tall, friends, and push back against that. I'm going to read you this email right now uh, from a listener that I never, ever, ever use last names on here, and I never will. Uh, but I'll use this first name, and it's Rich, uh, is what it is, Rich. And I'll just leave it at that. And let me read you this uh, this message here. And we'll we'll bounce this around a little bit with Wally and get his opinion on uh, what he thinks, too. Rich says, I love your COVID health coverage, but your foreign policy broadcasts on Israel, such as with Ms. Friedman, 
are just plain wrong and frankly very unsophisticated compared to what you are doing on health. I'm not going to rehash the whole Israel conflict here, but as a Jewish man of the United States, I have formed my own views here. Nothing, I mean nothing, can justify killing a Palestinian child, let alone 7,000 of them. We already know the crimes against humanity Hamas has committed on October 7th. There is no denying, however, that Israeli and U.S. policy set the stage for the endless conflict. Israel has not let the Gaza Strip be free, and they have a history of killing civilians there during military operations. You're leaving out a lot of Israel, a Palestinian history that go back to 1948, when a two-state solution was proposed and never happened. Like the Ukraine war, much is being taken out of historical context. It's not a democracy in Israel because everyone is not treated equally. Four and a half million in Gaza and West Bank have not been treated equally. Equally means the same quality of life, being able to drive to, walk to, buy what you want, to have quality of life. There is no quality of life. There is only survival at the lowest possible level. The whole world sees this. Is it any wonder why their teachers are spewing anti-Semitic hate? Where are they now supposed to take refuge? Uh, in the desert, living in tents and no resources, maybe one day you'll drop this one-sided argument and see the moral issues in question here like you do with COVID policy. Okay, so that was the the email. And um, all right, so here's the here's the problem. There's a couple of thoughts here uh, to this point here. Okay, this concept of a two state solution is ridiculous on its face, rich, and it's an oxymoron. Your president and you being a former Democrat, which you told me in another email that you sent, I just noticed that you were a Democrat as well, not a former, I think you are a Democrat, as, uh, I think that's what I read. Uh, let me just make sure, I've got another one. Yeah, uh, some guys, yeah, used to be Demo used to be Democrats, like, okay, so you are a Democrat now. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking that out of context, okay, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, it's part of, part of the uh, American uh, vernacular as well, believe it or not. Uh, just not the Marxist left who've taken that party over, your party, your political party as well. But how do, they, how do we talk about a two-state solution when they want to say death to Israel and death to America, and they mean it? How do they want a two-state solution when they want to come over on any day, October 7th or any other day, and they want to do what they did to those people? And how does that create a two-state solution? Your former president, Barack Obama, who I despise, by the way, Rich, uh, and that's my opinion, and I'm entitled to it, uh, he was part of the problem, big time. And uh, he went just came out the other day and talked about his two-state solution. I mean, is he an imbecile? Who the hell want, How do you create a two-state solution? It's not even possible. I mean, first of all, you have to... You know, it, it, I think one of the things that Israel always says out there, if they will lay down their guns, we will have peace. If we lay down our guns, we will be dead. That, and I, I phrase that just off the top of my mind, but that, that is essentially what Israel says at the highest order. 
I mean, kind of hard to argue with that, friends. It's written in their book. I mean, it's right there. I mean, how do you want to deny that yourself? I mean, that's that's the question I ask. Wally, let me ask you, please, and bounce off of you. I've gotten to the point now, not to be cynical here or bouncing off the walls here, but I don't see where this two-state solution is really an intelligent conversation anymore. I just don't see it. I mean, can can you tell me there? I mean, looking at any kind of history here over a long period of time, but looking at what the mandate is from the Ayatollahs and their proxies, how, I mean, they don't want any two-state solution. It's, it's, a, it's a freaking late night joke. I mean, why, why does this guy even bring it up? Any idea? Well, yeah, he brought it up because according to the United Nations, there was supposed to initially be a two-state solution. Uh, but but you, have leaving... have two, you have to have two people that want to have a two-state, but you can't have it with just one. Well, that's true, but I think it also leaves out a number of facts. One of the facts is that every time that there has been a legitimate discussion or a treaty brought out to create a, a second state, a Palestinian state, Israel has signed off on it. It's been the Palestinians have shot that down, going all the way back to Yasser Arafat and the PLO. The uh, the, the the people that have been that have been in charge of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip have consistently said no to every two state solution that has ever been offered, including one Yasser Arafat initially asked for and then rejected. Once found out the Israelis were on board. I remember all the meetings with Jimmy Carter. I remember all the meetings with Ronald Reagan. I remember all the meetings with every president we've ever had. And it's always came up with Arafat, like you said, so the two states really said, but it's a joke. They don't want it. And so for anybody, whenever when something let me just say to you, Wally, when somebody brings that up into a conversation, I immediately know they're full of it because it is not possible to have a two-state solution unless you have two willing parties. Well, and both have to have defensible borders, and what the U.N. initially drafted up didn't give either one defensible borders. The other problem with the two-state solution is that you right now have what I would call a three-and-a-half-state solution, and if that's not working, I don't know what adding more states to the mix is going to do. I mean, if you look at a map of what ancient Israel yeah. was, a map of what the Romans called Palestine, yeah. every single square inch of Jordan is a part of that, and so is most yeah. of Lebanon. So you've got Jordan, you've got Lebanon as Palestinian Arab states. And, and, and Israel has a multi-front deal right now. You're right. I mean, they've got multi-fronts they're dealing with on every front of their existence and their sovereignty. They have enemies that are shooting missiles at them right this moment, Wally. Absolutely. And uh, you're, you're the, the gentleman who wrote that, uh, we said Phil? Rich. Rich. Rich made a number of other factual errors, uh, errors in a number of, of other. The two-state solution was kind of one of the areas where he got his facts wrong. But he also did it with regard to killing children. He did with regard to the Gaza and the West Bank not being free. And he did with regard to the Palestinians not being equal. There were factual, er factual errors in every single one right, of let's, those Let's talk areas. about that. Thank you for that. Now, let's talk. Let me zone in with you. Let's talk about the children, please, for a moment. You bring up a great point there. Let's talk about the children a moment. You know, Wally, in full confession to you and Full disclosure, which I always do. Full disclosure here. I don't want to see any child die. You have to know that. Okay, it's not. It's not something that I ever want to see. I don't. I, I just don't want to see that. Now, the point is here: these uh, evil barbarians. Uh, they use the kids and the women. It, proven totally. I mean, let's not even waste our time talking about human shields. Let's not even talk about what they've done with all the military operations. Let's not even talk about all of that. It's a known fact. Let's not talk about the phony United Nations and the UN RWA and all that crap and what they're doing. It's a freaking joke. 
Well, let me talk about it from a purely military perspective as somebody who has served in combat arms. Luckily, I've never had to go to, I've never actually been in combat, but I was in combat arms for eight years. I was trained that if you see an enemy tank in combat, you take it out. If the enemy tank is in a playground, you still take it out. If there are children climbing on the enemy tank, you still take it out. Because, hold on, they become casualties of war, correct? They become casualties of war. The reason you take the tank out is that it's an enemy tank. Now, as a civilized society, we would never park a tank in the middle of a combat theater in a in a in a in an area where there are children. We wouldn't put it in a school. But playground. these people do. But these, these people, people not do. only do they seek out the playgrounds. They do everything they can to maximize civilian casualties. They tell us they're doing that. We're we're apparently we're too stupid to listen. Now, Israel's job is to defeat is to defeat Hamas. And if Hamas wants to use civilians as shields, Hamas is killing the the civilians. Hamas is killing the children. Right there. They have absolutely brutal people. Look what they did to the Israelis. They baked a baby in an oven and held the mother at gunpoint to make her listen to Well, hold on. They took another pregnant woman. They cut and sliced open her stomach all the way down, kept her alive while they did it, took the baby out with the umbilical cord, put the baby on the side, strangled the baby, and then let the woman see all this and then shot the woman in the head. Yeah, I hope Israel kills every goddamn member of Hamas. I hope they can they there are as few civilian casualties as possible. I am not condemning all of the people in the Gaza Strip, not by any stretch of the imagination. But Hamas is using human shields, and those human shields are going to die right along with the people that they're shielding. So when someone like Rich talks about the children and however many thousand or what have you, he never mentioned what the the I mean he said October seventh, but a lot of children died there as well. But the point is. They Hamas is your your statement was absolutely correct. Hamas is killing the children. Hamas is killing the women. Hamas is killing the young men. <clears throat> this is what they want. And they look, in fact, if we look at their plans right now that are now resurf that are surfacing out from that were captured throughout this whole October 7th event, it shows clearly what they wanted to do. And it shows it's documented already, Wally, that they wanted to have as many casualties of any kind including half it, they don't care whether it's a Palestinian, a Hamas is, and, and what's it, and, and let me ask you this question. What's the difference between a Hamas young man and a Palestinian young man? Until they start shooting it, you uh, you wouldn't know what the difference is. There is obviously a difference. Not everybody in, in Gaza is, in particularly in, including military-aged men, they're not all members of Hamas. Many of them work in Israel. They just want to be able to go to work and support their families. Right, so, but a lot of them I, are. A lot of them are. In, it's a lot because- of them are. And until they start shooting at you, it's difficult to tell one from the the other because they're wearing civilian clothes. And you would agree, I think, that the lines are very blurred, right? They're very blurred. Yeah. Yes. And and so you don't really know what you're dealing with there. But the point is, and they take a lot of those young people and they bring them into their terrorist camp, right or wrong? Absolutely. They do everything they can to make sure that if you kill them, you're going to have to kill as many civilians as possible as well. They go out of their way. They are openly, they're using guns to try to prevent people from using the evacuation corridors at Israel. They were shooting them. They were shooting them as they were leaving. So, and that's documented on camera. So how the hell is Israel killing those people, Rich? I don't understand what you're, where you're coming from, you know? Now, so, so here, here's the thing, Wally. So here's the thing. So I talk about D- having a difference of opinion, having a you know a thought process here that's different, bringing people to the in a conversation, and I love I love that's why I love panel con- panel discussion conversations roundtables. I love having those kinds of things and kind of flushing out all of the 
the details and people's thoughts and information. When somebody crosses the line of rhetoric and talk and they get into hate and uh, vileness and they're on such an opposite polarizing view that now he didn't tell me, obviously, I'm guessing. I don't know if this guy's it doesn't sound like to me he's a Christian. Uh, he probably is. Uh, I assume he could be a Muslim, right? Is that he said he was Jewish. He said he was Jewish. Oh, he did. OK. They uh, made a point of saying he was Jewish, which means I'm Jewish. So if I say that the Jewish people are wrong here. You're right. He I'm says it right here. I'm a Jewish yeah. man. Yeah. All right. But let's talk about yeah. some of the other mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. He said the people in Gaza and the West Bank are not free. Now, when I say their mistakes, that doesn't mean the actual statement is wrong. The people in Gaza and the West Bank are not free. That's absolutely true. They have never truly been free. But let's talk about why. Gaza has is, is not had an Israeli soldier in it up until recently, since I think 1995. Right. It's been run entirely by, by, by the people in Gaza. And what did they do? They elected Hamas. Let's talk That's about correct. the West Bank. Who did? That's what did correct. the West Bank? Yeah. Israel doesn't run the West Bank. The West Bank elected their own representatives. Who runs it? Hezbollah. And here's another thing. Why don't? Why is it all those countries around there don't want the Palestinian people, Wally? Well, that's a good question too. Because when we talk about the Palestinian people, the Jordans are in Palestine, but they don't want the Palestinian Gaza people. Palestinian people. You're exactly right with what you said, but they don't want them. They shut down all the borders and wouldn't even let those people out. Egypt wanted nothing to do with it. Jordan, none of them wanted them. If you give Israel the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and the Golan Heights, they have defensible borders. These these countries don't want Israel to have defensible borders, Malcolm. No, they don't want them to exist even further. They don't want Well, them and to... if you don't want them to exist, you make them easy to invade. As it is right now, there is nothing stopping Iran from rolling tanks through through Lebanon into All right. Israel. Let me ask you this. You probably don't have a thought. I don't think you have an answer for this. But why would a, as I'm reading here, as you say, a Jewish man, uh, whoever this might be, you know, rich. All right. Why would any person at this point think this way uh why would they why would they think this way if this is a jewish man who wrote this if this is accurate why would he think that way do you think well i, I think milton friedman kind of put that best and said it's not what you know it's what you know that ain't so <laughs> he believes things that are simply not true hmm. such as that the israel such as that the palestinians are not equal well they're not equal in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, unless they're members of Hamas and Hezbollah, because Hamas and Hezbollah want to submit as many civilians to die as possible. Uh, but if they live within Israel, they're a, they're a Palestinian, and, and let's call them all Palestinians. Let's be fair to the Israeli people as well. You know, the, the Jewish people come from Palestine too. That's Where right. was Abraham before uh, before the before uh, his son went to uh, to Egypt? They were in Palestine, so they're all Palestinians. We're really talking about different groups of Palestinians, and uh, when we talk about the Palestinians living in the state of Israel. They are have religious freedom, and the the uh, the Muslim Palestinians living in Israel have all of the same rights as the Jewish people or the Christian people living yeah. in Israel. Israel doesn't separate people, but in terms of having rights by what their religion no, is or by what their no. ethnicity is. So no. the only ones that are not equal are the ones that are living no. in the Gaza Bank and the West, in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, and that's because Hamas and Hezbollah do not let them have equality. They don't it's, want it. It's, that's it's right. their own people right. holding them back. And and Israel is one of the most diverse cultures I've ever been in that I've ever visited, Wally. It's it's incredibly diverse the lifestyle there, all of it, and they're very. I always found it very welcoming. I don't see what is the problem there in Israel itself. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Taking the in, uh, uh, time remaining here, taking this back up to um, 
30,000 feet outside of that area now. So back to this, uh, the quandary here of uh, our freedoms and values being subverted. And, and you know, Wally, whether we're talking, I mean, okay, so the cult of Muhammad and Islam is just one point. I mean, the Chinese and the Chinese nationals that have come over the border, subverting, using American universities, stealing all of our stuff, bringing it back there. And we have multiple cases of this story. Uh, we don't have to just pick on one culture here. You know that, buddy, right? I mean, right? Oh, that's it. That's absolutely true. And one of the reasons why all of these different groups are able to agree, even though they would be at each other's throats if they won, is because they all agree on one thing, and that is destroying, not necessarily, when I say destroying the United States, I don't mean destroying the land. I mean destroying the culture, the values, destroying what we would, destroying the Constitution. The concept. And, and, the concept. Yeah, the concept. You know, if we think of America like Camelot, yeah. the shining city on the yeah. hill, they yeah. want to tear that down and build up something ugly. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it. You got it. That is, that is, as JFK, that is Camelot there. That was back to the way they described it. And uh, no, that's what's happening. Uh, so I, this, in, in short, short order, is, is there an answer for having uh, our cake and eat it too, to be able to have this, uh, this this culture, this existence, and yet being able to push back on these enemy states that are subverting our way of life. There is, but only if the American people that want to maintain America as the nation that it has always been are willing to push back in the streets, get in the faces of people that are saying these terrible things, and, and tell them, yeah, you got the freedom of speech, but shut up. You, you you can say that, but I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to agree, and I can counter protest your protest. You know, if we like, if you have a thousand people protesting in favor of the Palestinians or in favor of whatever, in favor of communism, whatever it is, and you get ten thousand people pushing back on them, you know, the reason that they think that they have the numbers is because there's nobody pushing back in the streets. If a small crowd sees a big crowd, the, the small crowd stops feeling like the majority very very quickly. We got to remind them. We may be, uh, we may not be as vocal as you are, but we are by by a wide margin. We are the majority. We have to act like the majority and stop backing down. And somehow we, I don't know what we do about the media because you've got yeah. BlackRock and Vanguard, two two organizations own pretty much all of it. Yeah. I, I don't know. The media is gone. I don't know what we do there, other than we do have uh, the fact that the mainstream media is dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people have changed the channel, I have to tell you. So we're being compromised at times right now that we never thought we would be in our lifetimes. We have to recognize this enemy. We have to recognize what has taken place. And as uh, was just shared, we need to push back against it and not let them subvert our ways, our laws, our lifestyle against us. And it is so accurate to say this. And, and please let this be the final thought I want you to take with you. Why do the majority of we the people, the majority of Americans, why do we accept anything less? Why? Why do we allow the minority to rule the day? Why? That's what needs to stop right there, friends. The majority needs to step up, Republican, Independent, Democrats alike, and say, no, you cannot have this. It's ours. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.